looking forward to our moments together as we lay hold of hope after brain injury. I'm Patty Foster, survivor of a severe traumatic brain injury. Dead at the scene shows that miracles do happen. With me today is Dr. Dana Adams. Thank you for joining us. Let's dive into something that many brain injury survivors try to deal with, cope with, even today, anger. Mm. Some call it irritation, agitation, and many other words, might I say. <laughs> so let's break it down and understand more about coping mechanisms for dealing with anger after brain injury. Dr. Adams, give us some insight into this whole predicament. Well, anger is unfortunately sometimes a result of a brain injury and partly it's because the brain is just angry itself because it has been injured it's trying to figure out the neurons trying to reconnect and things like that so it's difficult and so most people initially do struggle with it um, when they continue in their recovery sometimes they're able to cope with it a little bit better actually a lot of the time but it's hard and the families have a hard time knowing how to deal with it yes. and the survivors themselves have a hard time yes. knowing how to deal with it. I know from my situation what I've learned since is that so much of knowing how to deal with that agitation yes. or irritation was not really known what to do with or how to respond or how to deal with because it was so different mm. than my personality before yes. or my attitude before. So they would have quite a time of just knowing, do I say something? Do I do something? Mm. How do I respond? What tone of voice? Uh, and I learned later, and, and some of you can connect with this because the nonverbal communication mm. is where I really learned has a greater impact on individuals, whether the survivor, the caregiver, the family member, friend, whomever, in the whole predicament of dealing with irritation, knowing how to recognize it, how to respond. What do you say, Dr. Adams? Well, I think that's true, and I think it's really difficult when you've had a nice Christian upbringing, you have brain injury, and all of a sudden profanity is out there. So it's really important as a family member, just to remember, you don't have to judge that. That's the brain injury. It's not that the person all of a sudden learned how to cuss really well or, or use profanity. Yeah. It's just the recovery process and it's the brain injury. It's not a character. It's not, a, it's not about the character. And you'll see that that gets better as the person recovers too. And sometimes the language is just a means of trying to communicate. And I think if you can kind of step back from being offended by it, just understand it's the process and it's the injury, you will, it'll help you not take it personally. Right. You know, Dr. Adams, can you talk with us more about that very facet about how the brain is so bothered that mm -hmm. it's knowing what to do or not knowing how to respond because suddenly the axons and neurons are not communicating and things are not connecting as they did before. Right. 
So what are some coping strategies that you could pass along to us as survivors mm. or caregivers mm. along this journey? Mm. I think the number one coping skill is don't take it personally. The other thing that's really, really helpful is for caregivers, anybody, don't assume that you know what triggered the anger because you don't. And the survivor doesn't know either. It could be as much as just too many people in the room, too much conversation, it could be too many lights, it could be too much sound, you just don't know. So I think not taking it personally is a huge number one, please don't, because it keeps you from trying to defend yourself personally. Another step that's very helpful is disengage, kind of separate. I know I've heard you talk about just being I quiet. I try very hard to distance myself whenever that anger erupts. Mm. Uh, because often with brain injury, and, and a lot of us brain injury survivors will talk, that when that anger comes, it's usually very quick. Yes. It's a quickly erupting moment. You don't see it coming. You don't realize, oh, that happened, therefore mm. anger follows. No, it doesn't happen. It, uh, it e just explodes automatically. Yes. And then others will take us personally mm. and respond to us as though we didn't have brain injury mm. and as though we can understand their anger mm. toward us. Mm. So the communication just breaks down, things just spiral downward. Yes. So like you said, that distancing myself mm -hmm. helps uh, and to try to just bite my tongue, be silent, mm -hmm. walk away. Mm -hmm. uh, and sometimes I'll make up an excuse. Oh, I have something to do in the room next door. Yes. Or I need to go pick up this yes. item. Yes. And that allows me to kindly leave yes. the room. But I try to be silent because mm -hmm. often I find, and Dr. Adams, you can really give us some insight here, mm -hmm. That, and you may relate to this as well, about sometimes just being silent, mm. listening more, mm. can help us to become anger or angry less. Yes. What do you say, Dr. Adams? The scripture in James speaks about that, is to listen more, be quick to listen, quick, slow to speak, slow to speak and so that you'll be slow to get angry. And I think that that works for brain injury as well. It's also important to just, like you were saying, don't take it personally, but don't try to reason with somebody that's angry because they cannot do it. So I think giving them that space and that time to say, hey, barring they're safe, just let them do it. I had a friend that said, my son, he just, he gets so angry, but I just let him wind down like a battery. Mm -hmm. And then we can talk about what, what he felt like triggered him. And then we can try to avoid that the next time. Yeah. You know, even you're saying that about winding down like mm -hmm. a battery reminds me personally just of how in this whole recovery process, mm -hmm. often you can relate to this. It's just swallowing pride very yeah. often, whether it's the brain injury survivor or the caregiver. Mm -hmm. And swallowing that pride of not responding out of the personal exactly. defensiveness mm -hmm. or protection mm -hmm. and just simply 
being quiet, yeah. kind of taking the high road, as I've heard you talk Absolutely. about, to our benefit mm -hmm. and everyone's benefit mm -hmm. to lessen the conflict mm -hmm. by just simply not acknowledging some of that anger issue. Mm -hmm. What do you say about that? Dr. Absolutely. Adams? Just because someone's angry doesn't mean you need to respond immediately. It's very important to just allow that space and that time. You may, just as an observer, as a caregiver, say, okay, when my loved one gets fatigued, that's when I can tell the agitation gets more. So you can kind of adjust your schedule for the day your arrangement with people to kind of accommodate that because they may not have that insight. And the other thing that's really interesting, Patty, is as you recover, as a survivor, this is you can speak to this, is you don't need the oversight as much as you did when you were first learning to live again. Right. And I have found that not needing as much oversight allows more confidence to return to right. me in my own decision-making. Yes. Because with that frontal lobe damage, mm. that lessens the decision-making, the comprehension, mm. the understanding, the reasoning. So when people around me or over me give me more space to learn from my mistakes, yes. then that helps to rebuild my confidence Absolutely. that I can do it, that I can learn, mm. and not to give up. So mm. it gives me more strength mm. to take step Amen. by step. That's beautiful. And if you'll think about in the counseling room, this is what I offer many families, instead of being upset that your loved one gets angry or making a judgment about it or even a moral decision about it, use it as a map. Anger is a map. Mm. And it's going to direct us somewhere. It's either going to direct us backwards to figure out what triggered us, and then it's going to help us know how to handle things a little bit differently. See, that's an easy way to do it. It's difficult when you're not used to it, but it's one of those things that gives everybody grace, like you mentioned, yes. and yes. mercy. You know, and I encourage you from that moment and that point of view mm. to press yourself out of the box. Mm. I know it's not comfortable. I know it's not easy, and it's certainly not convenient. Yeah. However, comma, <laughs> please have a go. Yeah. Try it. Mm. For your sake, for your friend's sake, for your survivor's Absolutely. sake, the medical professional, mm. yourself, mm. Uh, try to go beyond the common. Yes. And press yourself to be thoughtful of the other person or mm. just to swallow the pride or go beyond or the mm. education that Dr. Adams has mm. talked about. I know, as we've said before, we need each other. Yes. And with Dr. Adams mm. being the founder and the president of Hope After Brain Injury, it shows that we need each other around the world. Mm. March is the National Brain Injury Awareness Month. We urge you, we encourage you, mm. lay hold of the moment, the moment during the month of March, yes. to acknowledge those who have gone through a brain injury, yes. those who have survived it, those who have lost loved ones due to a brain injury, and acknowledge that moment, mm. love that person in the moment. Mm. Brain Injury Awareness Month, all throughout the month of March, and it may be different where you are. So it's worth the time to educate, look into it, find out and see what difference can you make to lay hold 
of that moment. Mm -hmm. Dr. Adams, as we wrap up, are there some closing comments that you're thinking about in this whole anger irritation stage that might be beneficial to the viewers today? I would add to your ingredient, your coping strategies, is learning how to relax, mm -hmm. how to breathe, how to pace, make sure you get rest. That's for the caregivers and the survivors. And that will give you the energy that you need to kind of see things in perspective, not get quite so mad, quite so quick, and give yourself the space just to be. Recovering from a brain injury is so difficult, and, and only survivors know how hard it is. So give them that love and that space and that time. So true, the space mm -hmm. and the time. Consistently inconsistent is brain injury. Yeah. Finding hope after brain injury is certainly one of the most sought-after remedies of relief for survivors, caregivers, family members, medical professionals. Absolutely. Dr. Adams and I would love to spend time with you, to talk with you, to answer questions, to simply listen to you, to connect with you and what you're in the midst of or what you've dealt with. Please visit our websites, mm -hmm. hopeafterbraininjury.org, hope afterbraininjury.org or pattyfoster.com, P-A-T-T-I-F-O-S-T-E-R.com. Check out my books, paperback, mm -hmm. ebook, some audio book, and, and visit those. May I say, check out Hope for the Journey. Mm -hmm. That really speaks to dealing with the adversity of brain injury from a survivor's perspective and a caregiver, a family member's perspective, as well as a healthcare professional. Beautiful book for that. Great. Thanks for spending time with us at Hope After Brain Injury, where hope matters. Mm -hmm.